0: Production of Pioneer Utility Resources Story Connect. Helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers.
1: How can community involvement be your competitive edge? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect the Podcast. My name is Andy Johns with Pioneer, and I'm joined on this episode by Elizabeth Brown, who is Marketing Manager of Panhandle Telephone Cooperative in Oklahoma. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me, Andy. I appreciate being here.
1: Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Elizabeth has a lot of great things going on, and we've, we've been trying to get together for a podcast for quite a while. And so I'm glad that it, glad that it worked out. You had a session here. By the way, I should say we're uh, recording this episode again at the uh, NTCA Sales and Marketing Conference, the uh, epicenter of broadband marketing this week. We're here in Austin, Texas. And so if you hear the voices in the background, it's not background noise, it's ambiance. So we're uh, we're excited to be here. A lot of energy in the room. Elizabeth, your session, y'all were talking about community involvement. You guys do some really cool things with youth programs and uh, just kind of engaging in the community. But the, the, the thing that I wrote down in my notes from your session that I wanted to kind of start off with was you said that that being local and being involved in the community can be a competitive edge. And I think that was a really good point.
0: Absolutely. You know, as we are, you know, in the middle of this uh, fiber explosion, right? Everyone's getting these competitors from the woods and it's important to remi- remain local and, and still be in the community. So by having these projects with FRS, it's really nice to be able to tell your story and show um, what you're doing to really improve your community, um, to showcase some of the youth and what they can do. So it's, it's been really nice. Um, a lot of those competitive companies, they come in and they just want to talk about their price. Right. And they don't really invest into the community.
1: And FRS, if anybody is is not aware, is, is the Foundation for Rural Service. So a great group that does a lot of a lot of group a lot of good work. And the session uh, talked about that quite a bit. One of the things they do is scholarships, and uh, and some youth programs. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do um, for the youth programs in your community.
0: Sure. So we actually do the Youth Tour in Washington D.C. And this year we uh, we brought it to life. It kind we kind of revived it a little bit. We had been having uh, our counselors at schools uh, submit kids and we draw from a bucket and, and figure out that. But this time we decided uh, we want kids who want to be there uh, also be part of that program and have the opportunity to, to take that trip. And it's an all expense paid trip, right? It's a to good DC. Yeah, if you can, if cool. you can win it, it's
1: pretty good. Yeah.
0: So we had the idea that we were going to ask kids the question, why is rural broadband important to you? And would you please just do a quick little video and less than two minutes and send it send your clip to us. And oh my gosh, Andy, they were fantastic. No good. I am not kidding. Three of the kids I would have hired right on the spot. Wow. They were they were fantastic.
1: So I mean, you know, when we've we've had a couple of episodes here at this conference about making video, obviously you knew your demographic there. Making videos is, is kind of a big deal for uh, for kids in high school. What kinda of, what kind of submissions did you get?
0: We had everything. I mean, you had the just the hold and shoot iPhone style, which was cool. But then we actually had one kid on a drone and did footage from his family's farm, showed how precision agriculture is really important for their. I mean, my wow. gosh, these kids are 15 to 17 and they already understand it. They get it.
1: Precision agriculture was not something I understood at 15 or 16 years old. Uh, I nor know. did
0: I, no. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, you know, a family-owned farm, I'm sure he's also probably working side-by-side side with mom and dad. Um, so it was really cool to show that footage. And actually, this was really neat. He talked about their family came back to the family farm. They had lived in Denver. Okay. And they talked about where they had internet previously from one of the big com- uh, providers their service was poor. It was not as good as when they came back to our territory. And so the dad called and wanted to see what kind of service he could get. And when we told him it was symmetrical gig, he was like, well, fine, I guess we'll pack our stuff and go.
1: Wow. And a perfect (laughs) example of the kind of stuff we're we're talking about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome to see a real life example. So let's talk through because our audience is um, a lot of marketers, a lot of communicators like yourself. Let's get the nitty gritty about that. So how how long did you give them to uh, to get those submissions together? Did you work with school counselors, kind of get the word out? Because that's a tough a tough demographic to reach with your message. How did you let the kids know? How much time do they have? What what are some of the nitty gritty details there?
0: Sure. So. We use the FRS materials that they give for free, and we pass those out to the schools, of course, um, so that the counselors should pass that along to their kids. But we also put it on social media. And of course, you're aware that uh, 15 to 17 year olds do not belong on Facebook. That, that is hurt. your mom or your grandma's platform.
1: It hurt me a little bit to hear that. But
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Right. It's, it's kind of kind of shameful if you're still there. It ages you a bit, but that's <laughs> right. all right. Uh, so it was actually good, though, because the moms did learn about it and they encouraged their kids uh, to go ahead and sign up. So we did. We made it simple. Just shoot a quick video, answer the question two minutes or less email it to this um we gave them i think it was maybe 6 weeks which was enough time but yep. it wasn't too long where they forget the deadline right cuz i mean we are talking about 15 to 17 no
1: i did do a lot of that when i was 15 to 17 forget deadlines that kind of stuff For so, sure. yeah that's familiar
0: <laughs> yeah so no it turned out really well though we didn't have a terrible amount of um, applicants but i think that the quality was better than the quantity and that's what's important
1: so, and then after the the contest, you've got this great content from these kids. Were you able to use that or showcase that anywhere? Because I imagine that that content lived on somewhere. Oh,
0: yeah. And I wish I could use it in so many more ways, but they did use like copyright infringe. Um, Music. Uh, okay. So we couldn't okay. share it on YouTube or um, social media like we would traditionally. But what we did do was we played it at our cooperative annual meeting. Okay. And we had about 900 people there, held them in ca- captive audience uh, in the middle of the CEO's address to the members. So it, it was, was perfect. It was well received. People were applauding and, you know, the future of the generation is still um, held in high regard now. <laughs> Well,
1: yeah. And that's, that was the other thing I was going to say is what, what better spot? Because if I, if your annual meeting is like any other annual meeting I've ever been to, it's not a lot of 16 to 17 year olds there. It's, it's a much older demographic. So to see the young kids up there, I mean, that had to be pretty cool for them to see it too. It
0: was really neat. It was, we, and we do definitely have an aging demographic that attend the annual meetings. Um, but yeah, we invited those kids to come and we have, we do serve such a large territory that they weren't able to make it, but uh, we do invite them to our campus ahead of the uh, Washington, D.C. tour. So it's really nice for them to get a, a feel of what we actually do and the behind the scenes work. So that'll be fun, too. We're looking forward to that.
1: Got it. As you're um, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, some of the other programs or other community engagements you talked about, there's a lot of other ways that you guys are involved, um, kind of reaching out to the, the the younger crowd, but then also just kind of kind of touting that um, community engagement. Because, you know, it's one thing to do those things, but then it's always a little tough to talk about how involved you are in the community. What other ways are you guys getting involved and getting in age, get engaged in the community? And then how do you talk about it?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, to the point of frs we also do the community grants and we had a really good application with our fire department but some of our younger demographic uh, events we did an esports tournament last year for the first time and that that has been very well received Uh, we work really closely with our our local schools and um more and more of our area schools are starting to adopt that esports program, which is fantastic because a lot of them are starting to get scholarships through those.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think let's, let's put a pin in that and bring you back for part two, another, (laughs) (laughs) another podcast episode, because I'd like to do a whole other one just on that tournament. It looked, it looked really cool. So, um, next year, I assume you're going to do the video, um, contest again. What are some things that you learned um, that, you know, anything you'll do differently next year? Maybe that copyrighted music, you know, ask them not to do that. What are some things that, that you might tweak a little bit as you go on and do it in the future?
0: Yeah, that might be challenging to for a, a kid to understand copyright law and copyright inf- infringements, but they might understand that they could go and find free music on YouTube that has no holds on it, right? But... That is something that we would like to use on a bigger scale. So for us right now, it's been good to use them in-person events. Um, But I think the format was great. We had good uh, participation. So I think as we continue to showcase those and as we do like school events and have them on a loop on TVs where people can see them, I think that that will be better.
1: Last question I have for you. I've heard from a lot of people. We heard it in that session, and I've heard it from other folks that since the pandemic, there's been just a drop off in participation on a lot of these youth programs, whether it's scholarships or the DC tours, any of that. What advice do you have for somebody who's kind of seeing that and uh, is looking at, well, do do we keep doing this? Do we not? It's it's a lot of work. How do we you know how do we make time to do it? What advice do you have for somebody who's on the fence of how to how to reinvigorate it a little bit?
0: Yeah. So for us, it was just to kind of slap a fresh, new coat of paint on that. Right. And it needs to work within you and your brand. So for us, video is a good fit because kids align well with our video uh, content as it is already. But maybe you have a really engaging newsletter. So maybe you want kids to write a short essay or even tweet something. Maybe that would be effective so you can and you can share it in so many ways so i think to me it's just to get that engagement to really get those kids to submit something don't hold back we all took a step back from the pandemic and we didn't really fully throw ourselves back in um for a bit so i think i think the traffic will pick up again
1: i think so elizabeth thank, thank you so much for being on
0: Well, thank you, Andy. I appreciate you having me on here. And I cannot wait to hear more of your podcasts.
1: Hey, I appreciate that. (laughs) She is Elizabeth Brown. She is the marketing manager at Panhandle Telephone Cooperative. I'm your host, Andy Johns. And until we talk again, keep telling your story.
0: Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.